0: This is your piece of cardboard. This is yours. Hey, Dirk, get my beast. Can you get this? Let's go. That that feels really fair, because I don't know if you all heard it, but Seppi might have waxed his cardboard last time we did this, and I feel like that was unfair. All right, back it up, kids. No one in front. This is intense. I am winning it. Are Are you ready?
1: Three, two, one. Push Push! push! <laughs> oh, come on, man! Smoked! Sebby,
2: check the car. It looks like a new vehicle.
0: What happened?
1: That it lost like a wheels. new vehicle.
2: Yeah. Look at the excitement of Sebby.
0: <laughs> He's not competitive at all. Football! Live and underway here on ESPN Plus, alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar, back from the Little League World Series, just in time for episode 279 of this show. Herc, after watching that just Emmy award-winning television, how did you ever survive without me on this show, you and Mao? Uh, How'd I'm- you do it?
2: I have no idea how I survived without you, man. I've missed you, but we've been paying a lot of attention uh, with you. you. It sounds like, and it looks like, you've been having a lot of fun. Uh, that wasn't the only fun you had, Sevi. How about oh, this? No. Look at this. Why are these little what leaguers is as tall as you, Sevi Salazar?
0: <laughs> I did not see this in the rundown. This got snuck into the rundown. Okay, so you should massive. know. What is this you're eating? Oh, okay, that's Vegemite. Hanging out with Team Australia, had to eat some Vegemite. I think the kid stitched me up there. He didn't put any cheese on the sandwich. No, hardly enough butter. <laughs> <In> your face. <laughs> oh, it was awful. It was awful. What hey, is Vegemite? What's going on here? It's very, very salty. It's like if, if a salt pill was uh, peanut butter, that's what it would taste a like. A salt
2: pill? I didn't even know those existed and it yes. was peanut butter. Uh, look, look at that. It sounds like you had a, a great time there, my man. Those, by the way, those little leaguers, get them tested. They are freakishly big.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, they are, they are. It's not me, it's not me that's short and has been short all my life. It's them, it's definitely the uh, the Little Leaguers. It is uh, good to be back and just in time, because we got a lot to discuss. We've got uh, Christian back, Pulisic, dude. still Herc on fire uh, in his brilliant start with AC Milan. we got some transfer talk involving a series of CONCACAF number 9, some big news out of the Canadian soccer world as well, plus some surprises in Liga Amekis. But we start, Herc, I guess nothing's changed, just as we did... When I left for Little League World Series, that man, Lionel Messi, doing it again for Inter-Miami, this time in actual Major League Soccer action. Saturday, taking on the New York Red Bulls in a jam-packed Red Bull arena, but Messi starting the game on the bench. 37th minute, Inter-Miami going to grab the lead through Diego Gomez, the new Paraguayan, makes it 1-0.
2: Yeah, it's not the cleanest of touches. Uh, he gets it out of his feet, faces a goal. He's got a clean shot. Nobody uh, on him uncontested. Look at here. Plenty of time in three guys, slots at home.
0: Inter Miami with the 1-0 lead on the road with Messi on the bench. They don't even need him. That's how good this team is. New York Red Bulls looking for an equalizer late in the first half. Handball called in the box, but wait a second, VAR is gonna force another look, Herc.
2: Yeah, it's not a handball, he's turning, kind of hits him in the shoulder, if you will, within the
0: silhouette, well called. Stays one, nothing into the second half, 60th minute. Messi, subbed on, and the awaiting fans get their moment. Messi, laid on doing his thing, Inter-Miami, patient in the buildup. What a touch from Jordi Alba. And then Messi, I don't know how, but he finds Benjamín Kremaski, who returns the favor to nothing.
2: Yeah, look, the touch is ridiculous by Jordi Alba. The vision, the pass is insane by Messi. I don't know how he saw Kramaski, but what are the seven New York Red Bulls players doing? Nobody follows the most dangerous man on the planet. I mean, everybody's in awe at the pass. I understand. Ridiculous, Puskas-worthy goal. The pass is insane. But somebody, anybody, it's messy.
0: Here's a look at Times Square, of course. The savvy folks over at Apple put it up on the big screen, and the crowd went nuts. I can already see the Apple commercial (laughs) hurt. Lionel Messi, and Inter-Miami 2-0 winners over the New York Red Bull. So which of his three debuts, Open Cup, Leagues Cup, or MLS, was most impressive, Herc? You know,
2: I'm I'm sort of upset I didn't think of this segment, like, sooner. um, Because it's like each and every single one of these was like, Mm -hmm. no way did he do this in his debut. Debut of each one. I mean, Leagues, Open Cup. And MLS, but it has to be League's Cup. The first time we ever saw Messi. Yes, the free kick against Azul, The walk-off free kick. Seven, this man was on vacation. He was sipping daiquiris with his wife and kids on a beach in the Bahamas somewhere. Probably swimming with the piggies, doing all those great photos that they do when they're in the Bahamas. Having the time of his life, trying to forget the two miserable years he spent at PSG that he spent in Paris. Not preparing a season. Certainly not thinking about Inter-Miami. This man with no training sessions, literally a handful of training sessions when he got to Miami steps on the field, puts on the show, and then walk-off free kick when they needed him most. When there were questions asked of Inter-Miami, of Apple, of Major League Soccer he produces. When Miami was at its weakest. Because you look at that team, that Miami team To how they are now, it's a completely different team in everything. That moment will go down as one of the greatest moments in Major League Soccer
0: history. Hard to argue that. For drama, for narrative, the league's cup debut was pretty good. Now, I want to say, in our production meeting, my first instinct was to go with the Open Cup because there's something very impressive there. inter Miami's down 2-0, and even though he doesn't get a goal, he gets a couple absolutely perfect assists against an FC Cincinnati team that's way better than either the New York Red Bulls yeah. or Cruz Azul. And by the way, he also got booed in that game. He did not get booed in Fort Lauderdale against Cruz Azul, and he didn't get booed in New Jersey, Herc. At one point, I think they were chanting, we want Messi, okay? The Red oh, Bulls fans themselves, if they, are, if they exist, if it wasn't all Messi fans, uh, they were chanting for him. But I have to give it to the MLS debut for one reason and one reason alone, and not because you shouted me down in the production meeting. It is for the pass. The amazing pass. We talk about guys who have moments, and the free kick against Cruz Azul is absolutely a moment. But the greats who have come to this league all have a moment, right? Zlatan had his his debut goal from midfield. Wayne Rooney had the, the tackle and the amazing assist to Lucho Acosta in the final seconds against Orlando. Messi's doing it almost every week. He's having a classic hallmark moment. And this pass to me is the best of them all. He freezes and eliminates really Herc five defenders. And that's, that's not all that extraordinary. If you do that with a 20 yard ball or a 40 yard ball, he does it with a 10 foot pass in the opposing penalty area. And then has the wherewithal to finish the play off, you mentioned Puskas. If there was a Puskas award for a pass, This would be it. I'm sure as a forward, Herc, you of all people can appreciate just how perfect that pass was.
2: It's not the. It's, it's. everything about it. I mean, the, the way Jordi Alba saves the ball, the, the way Messi and only Messi can find Kromaski, uh, when Kromaski didn't even realize he should be looking for that ball. Oh, and then, he puts his hand up. Give my man some credit. He put his hand up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kromaski was the reason of the goal. It, it's Messi <laughs> and Messi. Messi's in between not five, seven, seven Red Bull players. Mm-hmm. They all stand still. The only one was John Tolkien who was trying to at least cut off the cross by Kromaski, but everybody else
0: I mean, he's the one that still. got beat. He's the one that well, got beat on the back post. Are you give well, him talking credit. Come if, on. If you want to
2: say that's getting beat, I mean that's as a ridiculous of a pass as I've, mm. I've ever seen anywhere on the field. Let alone in the 18. Let alone in your penalty box. It's it's insane. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out. How he saw that. He had ex teammates, or I should say, current teammates on the Argentine national team tweeting about it like, Sos un loco, like you're crazy, only you can see this pass, because it's a reality. Only Messi can see this pass. And listen, the Red Bull fans wanted Messi, they got Messi.
0: Herc, it was a great pass. It will not go in the books as an assist, though, at least we think. It would be, really, in theory, a hockey assist, a secondary assist. To that point, I was looking up Messi's on stats, his own goal? you know. Because I've, I've been in Williamsport. I've been at the Little League World Series. I see 11 goals, 6 assists on the official MLSsoccer.com website. When I brought that up in the meeting, you scoffed at me. Are you telling that MLS is exaggerating messy statistics?
2: Yeah, I'm telling MLS to stop being so silly with their stats. <laughs> stop doing hockey stats. So I'm doing the hockey passes where it's a second assist. That... MLS, by the way, in Mm -hmm. their own competition that they made up, League's Mm -hmm. Cup, you go into that website and they will show the correct amount of assists that Messi has. Messi right Mm -hmm. now has three assists. Not Mm -hmm. six assists. He has three assists. Just enjoy Messi. Don't pad the stats like it's Wayne Gretzky back in the day and these little hockey stats, hockey assists or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Just stop. Messi's still great. Having three less on his assists padding won't matter.
0: MLS perhaps padding the stats. The New York Red Bulls looking to pad their coffers off of Messi's visit. Why do I say that, Herc? Well, we have evidence of the Red Bull team store selling that sweet, sweet Messi merchandise. Herc, you got a problem with this? I don't. No, listen, at the end of the day, there. Oh, please. Well, hold on. Small club mentality. This is weak. If there are any Red Bull fans, I don't know how many of them are. There surely must be just absolutely disappointed in this. Come on, Her.
2: Well, hold on, let me finish, all right? It, it's a completely outfitted uh, league by Adidas. He is an Adidas athlete. I don't know what mandates there are, uh, but this to me isn't as bad um, as some of the things we're going to see.
0: Okay, you're right. Uh, if that wasn't bad enough, Let's check the mentions, uh, because this is from Mark Fishkin, who is kind of like a day one Red Bull fan. He's got a podcast, uh, the Seeing Red podcast. As a DC United fan, I would never listen to it, but if you like the Red Bulls, I suggest (laughs) listening to it, because Mark Mark has been around a long time. I follow him on Twitter, or whatever, X, whatever we call it now, uh, and he is a great follow. He's expressing some frustrations here, Herc. A list of, I don't know, what is it, over 35 reasons why the New York Red Bulls are uh, not able to sell out Red Bull Arena unless Lionel Messi shows up. There's some obvious ones on there, like where the stadium is located, the fact that the team is named after an energy drink. Any other stand out to you? Yeah, I don't want to
2: support a team that's a feeder, like pr- pretty much a feeder farm team mm-hmm. for these Euro clubs, things like that. Um, it's just a response to a conversation I had on Twitter on why, when's the last time you saw Red Bull Arena that full? And I was trying to rack my brain thinking about it. And somebody questioned it, well, what's that tournament they've, what's that uh, classical they play, that rivalry game they play, uh, Red River? Hudson? What's it called? Red River. The Hudson called?
0: River Derby. Hudson, yes. Red,
2: uh, Hudson River. Mm. Yes, excuse me. And it was the Red Wedding was one of their famous games, right? I don't know if that was the last time we saw it full. I don't even know if then we saw it full in their rivalry game. I don't think we... I don't recall. When the U.S.
0: lost to Costa Rica in qualifying for the 2018 World Cup, it was full. Well, so it's either well, Costa Rica or Messi shows up and you can sell Red Bull Guatemala ball
2: Guatemala filled it up and we've seen Central American teams in Gold Cup fill it up. I'm talking about for so their then it's games. not
0: location. Then it's the brand. Then it's the brand, Herc.
2: Well, it could also be location because, as our good friend uh, Mark pointed out, it, it's a hell it's a hell hole to get in and out of, um, and it's not like public transportation has has the ways to get there. But listen, there's there's no excuse for what we saw. Uh,
0: I mean, was there any Red Bull fans in attendance? It's all all I see is pink in this park.
2: Yeah, there's yeah yeah. I don't know, man. I, listen, I've seen some, some pretty lame things in, in Major League Soccer trying to sell their product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this being one of them just went out and catered to Inter-Miami, to Messi. You wanted to see this place full. You didn't want to have Red Bull be a fortress for the New York Red Bulls. You didn't want to have your team um, play your brand in front of your people and win your way. Uh, This is almost as lame as the New England Revolution ticket sales department, you know, emailing the potential ticket buyers. Come watch Messi score in our club, you know, Mm -hmm. in Gillette Stadium or it's it's lame. It's lame. Is it the place they play? The location? Is it the team? Is it the mentality? Is it that they don't win? Is it that they're not good? Is it a combination of all these things? Could be, but it's a terrible look.
0: I mean, is it the league? Because I think we also we can we can really rain down on the Red Bulls here because they're the flavor of the week, but MLS teams being irrelevant in big cities is not new, unique to the New York Red Bulls. It's not even unique to them in New York. New York City FC, what? They started drawing 30, 35,000 their first year. They're down to less than half of that now. Uh, LA Galaxy are headed towards irrelevance in their city. Chicago's irrelevant in their city. FC Dallas irrelevant in their city. Philadelphia, they think they're what they're, the union are construction workers in their city. I, I'll even say it in my city in D.C. D.C. United is irrelevant in their city, so it's not unique to the New York Red Bulls that they can't that they can't draw interest in a major city. Here, we we can't just point at them as the lone the lone team in Major League Soccer.
2: Yeah, but. The Red Bull's a massive brand, right? And it's a massive market.
0: Not, not in American soccer. Hold on. Please. Hold on. The New York Cosmos are a, are a massive brand. Well,
2: let me finish what I'm saying, Sebby. It's, it's a massive brand in a, a massive drink. market. And they've brought in major players before. And, in fact, like, they're probably not good right now, but when's the last time they didn't make playoffs? They've been consistent, if anything. Like, some of those markets have not had that. They've had this. It, I don't know what to tell you. Yep. You know, I, it's, it's, a, it's an enigma to me, even when back in the Metro Star days. It, it's a great market, great footballing market. It, it, U.S. soccer, all the coaches that have ever coached U.S. soccer have come out of that market. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you the truth. It's got rich soccer history. I don't know why people don't come out.
0: All right, enough about the losing side. Let's get back to Inter Miami and the young man who assisted Lionel Messi's wonder goal. Benjamín Kremaski, the 18-year-old who has been called up to both the U.S. under-19s and the Argentine under-20s. Our former colleague Doug McIntyre reporting Kremaski is on Greg Berhalter's provisional list for the U.S. senior team for the September friendlies against Uzbekistan and Oman. Herc, are you cool with it? A potential call-up for a young man with, last I checked, less than 20 Major League Soccer appearances.
2: For a provisional roster, sure how Mm -hmm. how many is on that provisional roster is it 60 i think was the uh,
0: the reported number
2: yeah maybe i'm trying to imagine why that could be Uh, let's say it's the case of Mm -hmm. you're on our radar kid you're only 18 you know because there's also interest per reports about argentina so maybe it's a subtle way of saying you're on our radar type of deal keep working etc etc now if this goes beyond that that to me would be a problem um the United States men's national team, the the Argentine national, these full teams aren't to develop players. They're to showcase your best players. Uh, Benjamin Kamaski is a, is a good prospect, but by no means ready to be a full national team player, nowhere near uh, the landscape. You look at the eights right now within U.S men's national team player pool and you've got mm-hmm. the likes of a Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney, Luca De La Torre, uh, Malik Tillman, Jordi Mikhailovich, you know. Uh, you've got some serious players who, who are looking for some serious time there and haven't got it. I mean, some of those guys behind the Weston McKinneys and Yusa, uh, Eunice Musas of, of the world. To think a player with such few first-team reps is going to come in because Messi's there and only because Messi's there. Sure, he's under the spotlight right now, but...
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I think this is a a subtle message of saying, hey, keep working.
0: So the provisional roster, obviously, no harm done, right? But even if they, let's say they actually call him in for these friendlies, I don't think there's any way you could make the case that he's a top 23 player in the American pool or even probably a top 46 player, right, if you were doing a, a true B team. So at that point, you're kind of, you're giving him something that he's not really earned if you were to call him in. But the counter to that is, It's a different world, Herc, than it was 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Now you are competing. And in this case, you are competing against a powerhouse in Argentina and the fact that he's got Lionel Messi, we know, in his ear with Miami, Kremaski has told us that he's talked to Messi about it. I think he's used the words, I love Argentina. So this is a kid who could very easily get away from you And if you want to lay claim to him, maybe you do have to fast-track it here as we look at the quotes. Here's what uh, Kramaski had to say. Quote, not easy, but not thinking about it right now. I've been in contact with both federations, and I know it's a decision I eventually have to make, but there's time. I've spoken about it with Messi, as we told you. He has asked me about it, and I love Argentina. When I hear that, Herc, I know you're going to give me the uh, old man shaking his fist at the clouds. We're giving away caps too young. We're giving them away too easy. But I think you might you might be wise to do it here. Otherwise, you could lose them to Argentina. No.
2: No, don't do a predatory cap. That's, that's not what it's about. Listen, uh, Benjamin Kamaski seems to be like very It's a
0: friendly. It's a friendly. It's not a it's not a Nations League game. Uh,
2: okay. So what are, what, are we, what are we doing here? We're just handing out caps to handout caps? Listen, if, if, if and I say this with all due respect to Benjamin Karamaski, who seems like a very, very good kid, mm-hmm. and I love the work way, I love his, his way about going on this new adventure with Messi on his side, the humility, I'm absolutely here for it. Um, but you were talking about, hey, go back 20 years, go back 40 years. No, let's go back a few months, U20 World Cup with the UN, United States you know, youth national team. Was he on that squad? No. Okay, so he wasn't good enough for the U-20 World Cup, but now you want him to be good enough for the full national team. Now, I know football is about moments, and you have to take advantage of your moments, Mm -hmm. and I think he's doing that. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that we're supposed to fear that the world champions, the World Cup winners, are Benjamin Kramaski, and they're going to pull the trigger on that and call him up, if if that's what you're telling me, and, and because of that, Greg Berhalter should already... Cap time, accelerate the process, I think you're wrong there. I don't think that's the case. I think you're reading way too much into this. Good player? Sure. Potential? Absolutely, yeah. Is he ready? No.
0: Nice middle ground then. It's a friendly in September, so wouldn't have to worry about uh, being cap tied or anything along those lines. We'll see what happens uh, with those friendlies in about a month's time. Hey, we got Carabao Cup coming out in uh, 24 hours' time tomorrow, 2 15 p.m. Eastern Time. Fulham against Spurs. Mike, we get a uh, Raul Jimenez sighting. He's been playing a, a ton for Fulham uh, of late. Like, that's in the Carabao Cup second round at Craven College tomorrow.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
2: Eccolo, Christian Polisic, Christian Polisic dentro per Loftus. Loftus,
1: Loftus, Loftus. Giro, Polisic, come on baby, come on baby, come on baby, USA, 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 Again, PDD again. Christian Polisic, the captain of the USA National Team, 1-0 per noi.
0: They love him in Italy. Time to run it back. Christian Pulisic with his second goal in two games for AC Milan as they won 4-1 Herc over Torino on Saturday.
2: Yeah, man, this team is scary in transition. Even at the midfield, lost his cheek, a little give and go, if you will, with Christian Pulisic. Pulisic finishes it off. Man, this is looking a lot like lockdown Pulisic.
0: In the last 30 years, just five players for AC Milan have scored in their first two Serie A appearances. Herc, the names on that list. Bierhoff, Shevchenko, Balotelli, and Jeremy Menez, Club America legend.
2: Yeah, you had me going, to, you said Jeremy Menez. <laughs>
0: I know, <laughs> I know, I know how to get him in there. Josh Sargent gets his third goal of the season, but, Herc, gets injured in the process.
2: Oh, man, this is so unfortunate. This man's been on absolute just tear. He's got the number nine now. It's all his. No, we're playing on the wing. And it just falls awkwardly on that ankle. I'm wondering if it's the same ankle that he hurt in the World Cup. Hopefully not. Hopefully he's not shelved for too long.
0: The uh, manager there, David Wagner, the ex-U.S. MNT man said it's a serious ankle injury. North won the game for nothing. Matt Turner, six saves Saturday against Manchester United. The only bad thing is it came in a 3-2 loss. Yeah, but what
2: are you going to do here if you're Matt Turner? I mean, he's been. Absolutely just proven his worth. He had a few very just ridiculous, some nasty saves, if you will. Listen, Forrest is going to be fighting relegation. You're going to be uh, getting shelled upon at, at times, especially when you play the Manchester United's of the world.
0: Nottingham Forest actually uh, playing the last half hour with 10 men. That didn't help either. By the way, Forrest has reportedly bid on a Benfica goalie Odysseus... Black so it could be some competition there for Matt Turner. Gagas Lenina, four saves for open in the Belgian top flight. They won 3-1, and then he celebrated with the fans. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you, I-, I like Gagas Lenina a lot. Most, just what he says, the way he acts, it's a, it's a lot of humility, it's a lot of maturity. He's doing all the right things.
0: The 19-year-old on loan in Belgium from Chelsea. How about the original, authentic Mr. Run It Back, Brendan Aronson? You think it's gonna be something good, but it's not. He was sent off for Union Berlin after two yellows in the first 20 minutes, Herc.
2: Yeah, kicking the ball away, that's a silly yellow. Um, every time, they're gonna get you. There's your first. And in the second one, you just gotta be smarter. I know these these can be considered soft, but they're yellows. I mean, that that's just a rash tackle right there. Goes and studs up on the opponent. It's a second yellow. Ah, uh, I don't know how anybody can say these or not.
0: Didn't hurt Union Berlin too much as they won four to one over Darmstadt. Union Berlin 2-0 to start the Bundesliga season. So off to a good start there. Some transfer news here. Falerin Baligan reportedly set to move from Arsenal to Monaco. For a fee of around $43 million. The 22 year old is expected to do his medicals in Monaco on Tuesday. Balogun scored 21 league on goals last season for Romps. Herc, what do you think of the move? Could Balogun have perhaps done better? Okay, uh, what did you say the, the reported sell price was? $43 million.
2: That is some serious cash for a player with one season under his belt in top flight football. He's 22 years of age, um, finally has a full season in top flight football, and he fully takes advantage of it. I believe it was like 22 goals in all competitions uh, in France, nothing to sneeze at, top five league. But for that type of money, for that type of cheddar, you want something that's proven. And not too many teams can pay that. You're talking about the Premier League team, some big teams, Uh, Inter Milan was of interest until that price tag wouldn't come down, Arsenal wouldn't budge, so there's only a few buyers that are realistically going to bid on you, and and either they're in the Premier League or it's a team like Monaco in France Mm. that knows you're a proven commodity in France. They've gotten to witness you up close, in person, perform. They know what you're about. Now and Balogun is a very good player. Fallen Balogun could have a massive ceiling, but not too many are going to risk it. It's a safer play if you go with those who have money or those who have seen you up close. Now, Monaco is by no means a small team. Monaco, if you go back, it's got a rich history, especially um, with players that they've produced or players that they've showcased, if you will. Most recently, the killing Mbappes of the world, Bernardo Silva, Fabinho, Uh, We can go on, Mendy, you know, Benjamin Mendy, we can go on and on with the players that they've showcased and sold to bigger and better. This is a massive club Mm -hmm. in France. Rafa Marquez, yes, uh, as producer Beto said, but I'm trying to keep it like recently. They're known for being that club. So you could potentially get something bigger and better down the line. Mm -hmm. But as far as what he had right now, it may seem like a letdown because of the price tag, but I think the price tag is a major hurdle here. So I'm okay with the move.
0: I don't think the letdown is the price tag, Herc. I think it's the league, right? We've kind of seen him dominate this league already. We've seen him get 20-plus goals. I think some of the other clubs we mentioned, like an Inter Milan, a Chelsea, for a guy who, as you rightly point out, really only has one year of kind of, Top flight experience. He played a season in the championship but wasn't all that productive. I mean, this is, this is a pretty good move, but it's not the, the week-in, week-out competition that I would have loved. I see a guy like Raul Jimenez starting for a club like Fulham, and I would have thought Balogun could definitely make a move there and then get that Premier League experience week-in, week-out. Because you, you mentioned a lot of guys that Monaco has sold. You know what all those guys had? They had European football. Does Monaco have European football this year? No. Exactly. Um, they don't. Well, they don't. Get, hold on. They don't. They were six in France. They
2: were six last year. They were 3rd before the year before that, 3rd before the year before that. Yep, you're right.
0: So, I mean, he's not going to have that showcase, at least not this year. And by the way, Monaco has a guy who's scoring goals. Ben Yedder is 33, but I think he scored... 25 goals yeah. or something like that across all comps They're last year. They're also in year? first
2: place right now, Monaco. So, listen, I understand what you're saying. It,
0: uh, the point is, if, if, if you're not going to go to an Inter Milan, you're not going to go to a Chelsea, go to a place where you absolutely know right away you're going to play. I don't know that we can say that here.
2: It takes two, man. It, it takes two, Seb. I, nobody at the end of the day would pull the trigger on that price tag. Mm. And that's a reality. I can't
0: believe. I can't believe Fulham. I can understand why Arsenal might not want to sell him in the Premier League, and maybe that's part of it. But I, I can't understand how a team like Fulham would not want to go after this guy when they're relying on Raul Jimenez as their starter in a Premier League season.
2: Well, I don't know why the Raul Jimenez hate is coming about right now. I think it's no, unwarranted. I, mean, I don't know what Raul Jimenez has to do with Fulham and Balogun, but what I'm saying is you, you can admit that's, that's a lot of money for a player with one season under his belt. One proven season under his belt. You know, Listen, he's 22, has a high ceiling, but that's all we've seen from him. We saw a brief glimpse in the championship, and it wasn't like, he was tearing the championship apart. So I understand the hesitation because of the price tag. This is more on Arsenal that isn't on Faler and Balogun. That's the reality here. It's more on Arsenal that isn't on Faller and Balogun. Why, you think they overvalued on... him? Of course. You
0: think, you think they just put the, the price I, I think tag they too scared, high?
2: I think they scare teams away with that evaluation.
0: Mm. Mm. Fair enough. Arsenal. They made some good yep. money for themselves, though. Uh, $43 million, the reported fee for Faler and Balogun. We got some big news out of Canada, Herc. John Herdman is moving on from the Canadian men's national team job, but he's not going all that far. He's going to take over TFC, who, of course, uh, just parted ways recently with Bob Bradley. He uh, took over the Canadian men's national team and took them to their first World Cup since 1986. Of course, before that was with the Canadian women's national team and took them to bronze medals in back-to-back Olympics. Kirk, you have been a super fan of John Herdman. I almost feel like from day one, let's start with the Canada side of this. Can the Canadian men's national team keep the good times rolling without their manager?
2: Um, With a good manager, yes. Now you need money Hmm. to bring in a good manager. And I think that's part of the reason John Herdman left. The dysfunction that is Canadian soccer, uh, this federation, um, didn't have enough money to put on September fixtures for the men's national team Uh, the the, their women were protesting right before going to a world cup it's so dysfunctional i I understand why he's leaving Mm -hmm. like i could see john hervin saying all right it'd be cool to coach a world cup in our country that would be massive that would be insane i want to be part of that but i see the writing in the wall I see that it's going to be harder and harder for us to even prepare for these games. Let me just jump ship right now. Yeah, they're dysfunctional. Toronto FC is as dysfunctional, but they have deeper pockets. Maybe Mm. throughout that dysfunction, because of the money, because of the resources, I can mold this team in my image and be more successful, get something in the long term from it. I can see why he did it. But, man, this just highlights how dysfunctional Canadian football is.
0: Yeah, but, I mean... To the original point, Herc, you gave him so much credit throughout their qualifying run for how this team played. And and at times, I think I would agree with you that they truly performed like a well-coached team should. They were better than the sum of their parts. They were more than the sum of their parts. Without him, can they continue to be a top CONCACAF in that conversation with the U.S., in that conversation with Mexico?
2: Like what? If I just pick the coach and say they can, like if they have Bob Bradley as the coach, could they still do what he did?
0: Really? Yeah. So you don't think Herdman was that special, really?
2: <laughs> what do you mean? Why?
0: Well, uh, you just think any, you think any manager can just come in and, and, and fix it. This is the guy who took them to their first World Cup in 36 years. I just told you, Bob
2: Bradley. I didn't just say any manager. I said Bob mm. Bradley. Bob Bradley's proven coach, man, regardless of what you may think. And he's very similar in mm-hmm. a lot of his ways to the John Herdman style especially when it comes to culture and a lot of those playing uh, systems that he employed. It it makes sense for me that a guy like Bob Bradley would come in. Now, listen, this this goes both ways. Bob Bradley or whoever the coach may be would have Mm -hmm. to come in and say, yes, I'm accepting these terms. And I understand that the limited resources we have going forward are what they are. And we can make it work going this way. But if you can't guarantee preparation games, Mm -hmm. Where's the future for Canadian football? Where's the future for Canada soccer here? If you can't even organize friendlies, if you can't guarantee that they will have at their disposal proper opponents, like it's a lose-lose for anybody who takes this job if something doesn't change.
0: What does John Herdman know? right? What does he know that's happening at Canadian soccer and, and the highest levels of Canadian soccer, that he's walking away from a home World Cup and a second World Cup with a group that he clearly knows how to get the best of. That's, that's what I would be asking. And whether it's Bob Bradley or anybody else, Herc, I wonder, to your point, just how attractive this job is going to be. If you're going to mention Bob Bradley, I'll mention another name for you. Juan Carlos Osorio. Huh? That would be a guy That would be a guy who I think Canada would do well to look oh, at. If we're just
2: what, shooting. About, what about Jesse we for just shooting it then?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. What about Toronto FC? What about Toronto FC? Did they make the right hire here?
2: Oh man, um, this is interesting, right? Uh, because regardless if they made the right hire or not, uh, and you can debate that because I, he's never really had a coaching resume to speak of when it comes to club teams and managing uh, massive stars like Toronto has, uh, complicated egos like Toronto has, a complicated situation like Toronto has today with Insigne, Bernadeschi, etc., cetera, etc., remains to be seen. What I will say is Bill Manning's on the clock. Bill Manning, the president of Toronto, who's been there for the Greg Vanney's, who's been there for the Bob Bradleys, who's been there and admitted that, oh. Sounds
0: like the coaches are on the clock, not the president.
2: No, the president's on the clock because all these failures that he's had, he's had. And, and this is a man and an individual who's admitted to not knowing much about Lorenzo Insigne and getting his stats off transfer market. like. You can have all the funds and resources in the world, but at the end of the day, the guy who's pulling the trigger, the guy who's making the deals happen, is somebody like Bill Manning. It could only take you so far, regardless of who the coach is. So Bill Manning's on the clock.
0: No club experience? How big a worry is that?
2: Um, the, the great thing that I thought John Herdman did canadian football and canadian soccer with this uh, canadian men's national team is instilling a culture something that was severely mm-hmm. lacking uh, for canada the culture right now within that locker room is rot for toronto fc if he can change the culture he can make it a winning culture once again i don't worry too much about the club situation and his experience in that
0: mm. What about, what about these big egos? They didn't respect Bob Bradley, who had a much, much, to your point, longer resume when it came to club success than John Herdman. If the Bernadeskis of the world, if the Insignias of the world didn't respect Bob Bradley, how are they going to get along with John Herdman?
2: It's a Bill Manning problem. legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half,
1: we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Let's stay on Canadian soccer. Jonathan David taking a seat. into another run it back. His second goal of the season, Herc. Tidy little finish. I mean, right foot, left
2: foot, head, whatever you want behind, you know, playing with his back to goal. He's a very complete player. Look at this. Just knows exactly where the ball's gonna be. Good little finish.
0: Jonathan David, Canadian International, getting it done with the left-footed strike early on in the French season. He's not the only CONCACAF number nine that had a good weekend. Santiago Jimenez. For Feyenoord, in the air of the viz, four minutes in her, another left-footed finish. Yeah, his movements are
2: just so good. Like, he, there are a lot of movements that he has uh, running behind defenses that remind me so much of Javier Hernandez. Uh, but he's a much more composed, if you will, uh, with, his, with his finishing ability. Uh, and then, you know, pressure moments. He's starting to take penalty kicks now, too.
0: Nice penalty right there. A doblete for Santi Jimenez. Here's what he had to say after the game. Yeah of course. Uh, I'm very happy uh first of all for the win of of the
2: team and second of course of two goals. Uh, I think it would be perfect uh scoring hat trick. I, I I miss a few chances so that was bad but uh, ski ski still working for score more.
1: Was it your are f- oh, you happy you were able to take the penalties this season for Feyenoord? without any struggles and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and I hope uh, I can score more penalties. Yeah.
0: Santiago Jimenez. What a start to his European career. Most open play goals this year, and look at his he's keeping. Right up there with Kylian Mbappe, Erling Haaland. And Lautaro Martinez as well. 19 goals from open play for Santiago Jimenez, who proved he can also do it, Herc, from the penalty spot. Santi has been linked with a move away from the Dutch league. He's been linked to Spurs. Jonathan David has been moved, linked with a move away from Leo. He's also been linked to Spurs. Herc, who should Tottenham go for between these two CONCACAF number nines?
2: Oh, all right. Uh, Santi Jimenez, uh, I believe, is how old is he? 22, Jonathan David's 23. Um, I'm going for Jonathan David. Now listen, before you jump on me, because you know I'm a huge believer in Santi mm-hmm. Jimenez and I've Cruz Azul days, but let's look at the body of work. One season for Santi Jimenez uh, in the Eredivisie and he's scoring goals, that's great. Jonathan David left for Europe at 18 years old, found himself from Genk in Belgium, okay, at 18. And what did he do there? He had something like 83 games, uh, 37 goals, 15 assists, and then moved up a level, okay? From Belgium goes up to the French League. And in France, in three years, dominated Lille, the all-time leading goal scorer for a club that's 78 years old. 1944, the club was founded. He comes in and makes history in three years. He's got a body of work. He's much more well-rounded. He's a complete player. He not only finishes, but he can create a lot of assists to his games. Mm -hmm. He's firmly, in my opinion, still the best nine in CONCACAF. And the closest thing to a Harry Kane that I've seen in quite some time in terms of creating and finishing ability for Spurs, if they wanted to go with the safer bet, it's Jonathan David.
0: Well, well, well. Is my Little League shirt, is my Little League shirt a Canada shirt? No, it's a Mexico shirt, okay? It's a Mexico shirt. I gotta go Santi what Jimenez. What place did they come in? I gotta go Santi Jimenez. They they made it all the way, Herc, to the game before the international championship.
2: Shout out, shout out to uh, El Segundo, South Bay, baby. That's
0: right, that's right. Your boys uh, did get it done. I gotta go Santi Jimenez. I gotta go Santi. Now, I understand the points you make about Jonathan David. He's got he's got a better track record so far. He's been doing it longer. It's a safer bet for sure. But Santiago Jimenez has more upside. We're just starting to scratch the surface of what this player can be. He's coming in hot. Had the double this weekend. Feinor just gave him that extension. Don't think there wasn't meaning behind that, Herc. You're the one that told me there was meaning behind that. They know that there's offers. They know that there's interest out there. And while in the past I might have thought, you know what? Filling the shoes of Harry Kane is not what I would want for Santiago Jimenez. It actually is what I would want because I think Spurs right now need it. Richarlison is not the guy. He's playing that position. They need a fix. Whether it's David or Santiago, they need a guy. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the miss that Richarlison had over the weekend. I think it was against uh, Bournemouth. Oh, my gosh. Horrific.
2: I've seen Horrific. plenty of his misses. I could Horrific. do without.
0: Either of these guys would be, uh, would be good to, to make the move to Spurs. I'll, I'll go with Santiago Jimenez. Other, go ahead, quickly. I was going
2: to say, my only worry is, and this is unfair to Santi, but we've seen players be successful in the Netherlands, uh, mm-hmm. in that type of level, because it's a very attacking league. And that translate to other leagues. And I'm not saying that's the case, but I, there is buyer beware with a lot of these clubs when it comes to things like that.
0: Hey, what do you think the transfer fee difference would be between these two guys? Well, from what I heard, uh, the report for
2: um, Jonathan David was fifty million, and I think mm-hmm. uh, the one that I was seeing for Santiago Jimenez was upwards of forty. so they're 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 close, okay.
0: okay yeah. well but we but close matters to Spurs. Remember, Spurs is a team that likes to save their money. They're not exactly big spenders. they're very smart with their money. so, if it does come down to a dollar you might get more bang for your buck with Santiago Jimenez, uh, at least at this point. Speaking of Mexican internationals who are having success in Europe, what about our guy Orbelin Pineda? Named Greek, Greek Super League, easy enough for me to say, player of the season. He had uh, 10 goals and four assists across all competitions for AK Athens.
2: Yeah, I love me some Orbelin Pineda, fabulous player, but we're gonna have to have a real discussion about the level of the Greek Super League one day.
0: The Greek Super League. We love the Greek Super League. Uh, And shout out to Orbelin, now teammates with Rodolfo Pizarro there in uh, Athens. Europa Conference League. We got a playoff second leg. Ooh, nice. I didn't know we had this. Thursday, 2.20 p.m. Eastern time right here on ESPN+. Eintracht Frankfurt Uh, and Paxton Aronson against PFC Levski Sofia. Don't miss it. All right, let's talk Liga MX, because we had some big boys going down over the weekend. Herc, what happened to Chivas against your beloved Santos?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, Chivas struggles uh, at el TSM in Torreon. I believe something like going on seven years, they've not been able to beat uh, Santos
0: there. Chivas, they're a 2-1 losers. They weren't the only one of Los Grandes to fail to take three points over the weekend. America at home showing off their abysmal marking in a 1-1 uh, draw against León. A lucky 1-1, we should say. Julián Quiñones scoring in air quotes the penalty here as it barely gets over the line.
2: Well, the goal's is a goal. I'm, I'm more not. worried about d- their defensive inability.
0: Oh, you should be more worried about Tigre's defensive inability. They lost to Pumas, man! Pumas!
2: Yeah, Pumas is on the up uh, with uh, Turco Mohamed. And this was uh, one of those games for Tigres. They were
0: thoroughly dominated in this one. Speaking of uh, one of those games, the Reggio Montanos with a bad weekend overall, Rayados losing to Cruz Azul. No, that is not a Sebi screw up. Cruz Azul actually won a game and they beat Rayados her. Yeah, Andrada uh,
2: didn't shower himself in glory in this game. Neither did Nahuel Guzman in his game. Lots of goalkeeping
0: errors. So uh, Cruz Azul there with the uh, shocking victory. Which result is more worrying here for the big boys? America, Tigres, Rayados, and Chivas. I say big boys, but you know, Pumas and Cruz Azul, they're grandes in their own right as well, but they won.
2: Uh, I will go with Chivas, and I think this was the easiest pick for Mm -hmm. me out of the bunch. Now, bear with me for a second. Uh, Wacho Jimenez is and has been one of Chivas' best players pretty much every game. This season, last season, it's always Wacho Jimenez. and, And that's great that you've got a goalkeeper that comes up big, but when he's constantly being tested like that, it's for a reason. And those cracks start to show. Uh, Alexis Vega, the concerns are either his fitness or his bad attitude. And then you have Eric Gutierrez, who, Eric Gutierrez, your big signing is too slow. What Chivas used to do so well last season and the beginning of this season was how dynamic, how fast they were on and off the ball. With the ball, pressing the ball, finding the ball. With Eric Gutierrez in that lineup, they are slow. They are predictable. He brings that level down. That's the problem. Now, a bigger issue is their calendar, is the schedule. You look at Chivas' next five games. You have Monterrey, who's coming off a loss and is going to want some revenge. You've got Club America, who's your biggest rival. You have Pachuca, which is never an easy game. Toluca and that high-powered offense that they have. And in another rivalry game in Atlas. These next five games for Bonavich are make or break. We've seen some... Faults or cracks, if you will, in this Ponovich game plan. It wasn't just League's Cup. This team is slower, much slower. They are predictable. And the Stars, they're not there anymore. The Guzmans, the Alexis Vegas, uh, those type of players, the Eric Gutierrez, they've not come out. They've not performed.
0: All right, so you're most worried about Chivas. I'm most worried about America. And they're actually the one of the four teams that we're talking about that didn't lose. But to be at home, against León and play as poorly as they did. It's not just the draw. It's the reality that you have to say. Even me, with my yellow sunglasses on her. America was not the better team in this game. León deserved to win this game. You're seeing some of the great highlights from Brian Rodriguez. He might be the one highlight, except he couldn't finish anything off. And with the injury now to Alejandro Sendejas, which appears to be serious, I think America is gonna have some problems. Uh, We got Cáceres, Araujo out in defense. We got Kevin Álvarez now suspended. Yep. All of this with Cruz Azul looming, who just picked up their first win, and who a defeat to would be absolutely, at this point, humiliating. And then, of all the things that you didn't think you'd have to worry about this year, Julián Quiñones, who I don't think through any fault of his own, but because he's playing directly through the middle, looks uncomfortable, ineffective and certainly far less dangerous than he ever looked at Atlas. The guy that I'm so excited to bring into the Mexican national team fold, I'm not seeing him right now at America. Now, the biggest injury of all is Henry Martin, because you bring him in, it maybe allows you to do something different with Quinones. But until those injury issues get solved, Herc, I don't really see America turning this around. They might get some results, but I don't see them playing much better than they are right now. And that's worrying to me.
2: Yeah, the most worrisome part for you should be that, yes, you've got all these injuries and suspensions and you've got players playing out of position by necessity, but it's who's at the helm. Uh, Jardine and his coach was the fifth best option, if that. Uh, In the two seasons he's been with San Luis in Mexico, never once broke 20 points. San Luis is doing fine without him. They're flying. America, even with all these injuries, they've not performed nor looked anywhere near uh, optimal level under Jardine. And what's worse is, defensively, they look worse. Hmm. I already knew this backline uh, was terrible. I already knew this backline needed upgrades, needed work. Under Jardine, it's just highlighted even more.
0: Did you see at the end of the game, too, when he goes to shake hands with Larcamon, he almost seemed content with the draw. And maybe that's just the fan in me that's overreacting to a post game visual. But I didn't see a manager who was as frustrated, certainly, as, as I was watching the game. Quick, Quick word on the Regio Montanos. Uh, whose defeat was, uh, was, was more problematic, Tigres or Rayados? Uh,
2: Rayados, because they were at home. Uh, Tigres is in Seul, which is a difficult place, difficult venue. Uh, it, it, and trust me, I, I watched that game, it was one of those games, like it, Pumas thoroughly dominated them. Uh, Tumas, Pumas going uh, with Torres and, and Dineno to a double nine has changed this team. Uh, Huerta on the outside is playing like a man possessed. They are a much better team than Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. In Rayados' home uh, territory, took it to him. And you could say goalkeeping errors are all you want, but that's a game that you would bet on Rayos every single time.
0: Okay, so a, uh, a weekend of surprises in Liga MX. All right, time for our parting shot here. NWSL players showing support for Jenny Hermoso, of course, uh, caught up in the controversy with Spanish FA president Luis Rubiales after what, according to her, was a non-consensual kiss. According to Rubiales, quite a different story. The latest is the Spanish FA has now done a 180. They are asking Rubiales to resign. Uh, He, as of yet, has not. His mother was undergoing a hunger strike last that we heard, Herc. So, a sad situation seems to have taken yet a more worrisome turn.
2: Yeah, more worrisome because every six hours you get more details of of some just absurdity. Uh, And and here we are. The World Cup final was when uh, that this happened, and... He should have resigned, didn't have the dignity to do it himself, and then he should be fired um, Mm. by the Federation. I don't understand what's keeping them, not from asking him to resign, but to fire him or to remove him from power. Don't allow or don't let FIFA be the ones to do that. You do it yourself.
0: Yeah. Rubiales pretty clearly here has to go, but I think now the question is more for, well, what happened at the FA? Why a week ago were they applauding this guy and now all of a sudden they want him to leave? The people who took the decision to applaud him, the people who kept him around this long also need to be moved on. Because to your point, Herc, we're weeks now from the end of the World Cup, and not only is this still raging, we are not talking about how good that team was, about how seminal a moment it was in the women's game, about how they could be a dynasty for the next decade. We haven't had any of those conversations. All that we've had is this conversation. Hopefully a conversation that will be... uh, be wrapped up for us very soon. He's Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar. Thanks for watching this edition of Football Americas. But before we go, before we go, we're talking Messi on Thursday. That's right, because uh, they'll be playing uh, Nashville on Wednesday night, is that right? Yes. That is right, Savvy. Welcome back, Savvy. I have my MLS, right, uh, MLS scheduled out. Welcome back. Have I, I committed He's to back, memory everybody. yet? Sorry, Messi wasn't at the Little League World Series. I must have missed him. Shout out to my boys from TJ.